So it's Friday, January 24th. I'm Alex Jensen. You're listening to This Morning, a special edition for the Lunar New Year. So happy Solal to you. There are quite a few white connections in this year of the white rat. We have、uh, white clad folk, as、uh, they'd often be wearing traditional clothing here.、Uh, there's also another country, though, that's associated with white clothing Belarus. It、uh, has been known as White Rus, as the people of Belarus also enjoy wearing white clothes, apparently.、Um, ambassador to South Korea, Andrei Popkov, is wearing a white shirt right now, but、uh, <laughs> I, I guess so am I. So that's、uh, going to be hard for me to stretch the comparison quite that far. It's been an absolute honor to welcome you briefly into the studio now. Let me on air say good morning.、Uh, good morning. It's、uh, for me a great pleasure to be today in this studio. For the first time, I hope that、uh, after this uh, meeting, uh, the knowledge about my country will be enriched among the Korean audience.、Uh, among myself as well, I hope. Let's,、um, as we often do when we reach out to a, a new embassy, get a brief history lesson. Diplomatic relations between South Korea and Belarus were established in 1992, I'm told. And this is actually shortly after the country gained independence, so they didn't waste much time. The embassy then opened in 1997. Which, you know, is also quite impressive when you consider how long it's taken some of the newer state to establish embassies around the world. So, can you start by telling us about the history? Uh, yes, actually,、uh, diplomatic relations between Belarus、uh, and the Republic of Korea were established in February 1992. Over almost、uh, 30 years, a lot of efforts was allocated in order to advance our relations.、Uh, the Republic of Korea was among the first countries that recognized、uh, Belarus as an independent state after the dissolution of the Soviet Union. In the beginning of the 19th, Belarus appeared in the international arena as an independent state, and on the one hand, after the dissolution of the Soviet Union, and as a European state with very serious、uh, statehood、uh, traditions. And we appreciate、uh, the recognition of our independence、uh, by the Republic of Korea among the first countries. In order to promote the relations, a lot of events took place since that time. In particular, the first visit of the President of the Republic of Belarus was paid in 1997 and was exchange of governmental delegation, high ranking officials between two countries quite often. And、in particular, in 2007, as official visit of the Prime Minister of the Republic of Belarus also was paid to, to the Republic of Korea. It's laid a good foundation for other deepening relations、uh, between two countries in many fields. Especially, it was very successful in development of our cooperation in scientific, innovative、uh, fields, in economic and, and trade relations. So, I think many new steps will expect us ahead, and I am, as an ambassador,、uh, do my best in order to bolster relations uh, between uh, two countries, especially in the area of high tech technologies, innovation technologies, because the Korea h a v e s a very strong positions in this、uh, area. It's one of the world and regional leaders. Indeed. So, so, finding those areas where e- each side can actually offer something that the other Is either lacking or could develop further is one thing. But another thing that we, we often see in diplomatic relations is finding areas of already common interest.、Uh, are there many commonalities between the two countries? I think, yes, there, there are a lot of commonalities.、Uh, if we、uh, study in depth、uh, the history of both countries, we find out that、uh, Belarus and Korea is、uh, peace loving countries. 
We promote the peace. We suffered a lot uh, during different wars. In particular, Belarus uh, was almost devastated during the First and Second World War and restored its dignity, restored its economy. So it's also predetermined uh, our policy, our inclinations uh, to build uh, good relations with many countries in the world based on international law and well-recognized principle of international intercourse. So it's also create uh, some common knowledge some as a basis uh, for expanding our relations uh, with the Republic of Korea, if I speak about diplomatic international front. Of course, we have many prospects in other fields. As I mentioned, uh, both countries are focused on the development uh, knowledge-based economy, as both countries a lack of uh, natural resources, and our main resources, it's our human capital, it's our geographical position, so we try to most effectively to use these resources for the benefit of our nations. One of the things, of course, with the Lunar Year holiday is it reaches far into uh, tradition, and uh, Korean tradition is very important and has certainly survived the 20th century when there were strong attempts to impose Japanese identity here as well as uh, other threats, and in fact the Republic of Korea was not exactly an entity that uh, was known about uh, before the period of Japanese colonial era. We had the Joseon dynasty and a fascinating history that we could go into in far more detail. But the point is Belarus and its identity also stretches far back before the Soviet era. So what are some of the traditions and holidays that you'd like to share from the Belarusian side? I wanted to mention that uh, our tradition of celebrating a new year is uh, very typical. We can find the similar traditions uh, in the Republic of Korea. It's a lot of uh, congratulations, a lot of uh, best wishes and, uh, and the gifts uh, during this uh, season. But our old traditions, uh, we are a Christian country. So it's our tradition Christian countries. We have uh, our own way uh, to, to celebrate Christmas in the country. It's also a lot of festivities organized in many European capitals uh, to celebrate this important season. So, of course, it's not a lot of information about the Korea in the past. But when you look about Korea, even uh, in the beginning of the last century, I, I studied very carefully before posting here some information uh, in mass media of that time. I found some information about the news uh, about the Korean Peninsula. So it also was within the focus, the tradition, uh, political development here, even uh, before and after Japanese occupation, the Korean Peninsula. But Still, I am trying to enrich my knowledge about the traditions of Korea. I know that Lunar New Year have a very specific tradition for me. Uh, for instance, it's, it's a custom to eat some kind of rice cake soup. Right. Uh, yes, it's right. Dokuk, my, my wife. Which, it's very simple. My wife uh, will have that ready for me when I get back from the show. <laughs> we have also very specific dishes, but it's very, very, very interesting traditions because it's very symbolic. It's main dish used in order to show how it's that you became older one year. It's, it's a, and correct to understand the sense. I of don't this like that part of it though. No, no. <laughs> anyway, so it's a good tradition. It's a new beginning for us. Right. Also, let's um talk a little bit further about bilateral relations. Um, we, we talked about 1992 as an important date in establishing diplomatic relations. 1992 is also when Belarus successfully denuclearized, something we really are pushing for on this peninsula. Can you tell us how that experience happened? 
Oh, yes, it uh, was a lot of deliberations and consultations uh, between uh, different interesting parties in order to ensure the nuclearization not only Belarus, but some other country, post-Soviet countries like Ukraine and Kazakhstan. But uh, uh, actually, it was a taken decision uh, to give up of the nuclear weapons uh, when uh, all the parties involved achieved some kind of compromise. There's a compromise how to assure uh, independence of newly appeared countries, the sovereignty, uh, the respect of the territorial integrity and uh, uh, very substantial uh, security guarantees were provided to, to Belarus and other countries. In order to fix the guarantee, an important document was signed in Budapest in 1994. Uh, after the signing documents, All the countries in the period from 1994 to 1996 uh, transferred its nuclear weapons uh, to the Russian Federation. It was a good decision because the decision promoted the stability and the peace in the region and around the world. I think it's uh, our contribution uh, to denuclearization, to disarmament, and uh, all the time we emphasized this experience. And still we rely on uh, this document that was signed in 1994 under the guarantees of uh, big powers, among them Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, and the United States of America. Later, these uh, guarantees uh, were recognized by other permanent members of UN Security Council. Mm. I just wonder as well how much influence just a few early, uh, what, what was it, 1986, a few years earlier, the mm -hmm. Chernobyl disaster, which was recently brought back into our collective imagination through that HBO series, um, among many other expressions uh, in over the years. How influential was that in turning people's minds against nuclear power in, in, in its most destructive form, including the idea of a nuclear weapon, given Belarus is right mm -hmm. next to Chernobyl. I mean, you got, you, Chernobyl's just inside Ukraine, but it's very close to the border, right? Yes, probably there are some connections uh, between uh, dismantled nuclear weapons uh, and a very cautious attitude to nuclear technologies. Uh, the Chernobyl uh, catastrophe it's, uh, is a was a tragedy uh, for our nation and uh, it's a pain in the hearts of uh, Belarusian people. We understood that it's much attention should be paid to the safety, to safe use of nuclear technologies. And uh, many efforts was employed by Belarusian government since the 90s in order to mitigate uh, the consequences of Chernobyl disaster. I think it's uh, about $22 billion was spent in order to diminish uh, the consequences of the strategy uh, in our country. And now it is it's not a problem of emergency, but it's a problem of sustainable development of the country. Of course, the issue of uh, use, peaceful use of nuclear uh, technologies is very sensitive and complicated uh, for many nations. And every country should decide for itself whether it will continue with these technologies, whether it will use another alternative approaches to ensure its uh, energy security, energy stability. But Belarusian decisions uh, is very specific. On the one hand, we understood uh, that it is dangerous uh, to have a nuclear station. On the other hand, we understood how it can be economically reasonable to use uh, peaceful nuclear technologies and ensure economic growth of the country. Right. So uh, It's a lot cleaner than burning coal. Yes. Um, and, and indeed has claimed a lot fewer lives in spite of the disaster that we just referred to. Let's... Um, 
finish, though, on a slightly more positive note. I searched what is Belarus famous for, and one of the first answers that came up was actually sweets. I wasn't aware of that. Uh, what final message would you like to leave us with if you wanted to give a lasting impression of your country? Probably, you're right, that Belarus is a famous country. It's located almost in the center of Europe. We provide a lot of opportunities in order to promote understanding in the region, the peace in the region. So Belarus is a platform for many negotiations in order to prevent the conflict in the regions around the world. So I would like to emphasize that Belarus is a very open country and it's ready to establish a good, friendly relations with many nations. And we would like to emphasize that we are ready to welcome the Koreans and we invite the Koreans to visit Belarus. When you visit the country, you find the new discoveries. Belarus is a very beautiful country. We have a lot of forests, good reserves, UNESCO heritage as a country. It's a blue eye country, another name for my country, because we have a chance thousand beautiful lakes of ASH region. So I I invite all of you to visit the country and enjoy the beauty of this place in Europe and in the world. Your Excellency Andrei Popkov, Belarus Ambassador to South Korea, thank you so much for taking the time to share that with us today. It's my honor and pleasure to be with you today. And we'll continue this morning on this Lunar New Year special just in a few moments. 정우성입니다. 20번째 생일 기억나세요? 뭔가 더 특별했던 기억. 그래서 하이마트도 20살을 맞아 특별한 세일을 준비했습니다. 롯데 하이마트 창립 20주년 세일. 놀라운 혜택과 더 놀라운 선물을 받으러 하이마트로 가요. 1월 1일부터 2월 29일까지 자세한 내용은 매장 문의. 질병의 고통을 멀리합니다. 생명의 소중함을 추구합니다. 이름을 알리기보다 품질을 앞세우며 전문 의약품 개발에 땀 흘려온 환인제약 당신 곁에는 언제나 환인제약이 있습니다 다운이 엑스퍼트 실내건조 실내건조하면 왜 냄새가 날까요? 긴 건조 시간으로 증가한 냄새 분자 때문 다운이 엑스퍼트 실내건조 다운이 최강의 냄새중화 기술로 실내건조에도 향기 톡톡 다운이 엑스퍼트 실내건조 Wanna buy the hottest items you've just seen on a Korean TV show? Download G-Market Global application and experience smart and easy international shopping right now. Your smart international shopping buddy, G-Market Global. You shop, we ship all over the world. Just search G-Market Global at your app store. Now we continue with our special interviews for the Lunar New Year holiday by looking at another country that shares common factors with South Korean. I think you'll find that This is one of the things that's so important to diplomacy. We underscored it before. Just finding these areas of common conversation can be a really good way to build ties. Um, South Korea and Pakistan have these 
similarities of gaining independence around a similar period, sharing interests in culture, Buddhist art, for example. Uh, Colonel Navid Ahmad Abbasi is military attaché from the Embassy of Pakistan and joins us right here in the studio. Thank you again for being here. Happy New Year. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being here and thank you for having me here. And also starting then with Solal, the theme for today, uh, the overarching theme anyway. How will you be spending the day? Yeah, as you know that we also in Embassy of Pakistan, we also have uh, holidays. And first of all, we also exchange the souvenirs with our Korean friends. And we also cook the traditional Pakistani food at embassy level and get together and enjoy the food. And in addition, we also go out and visit different cities of Korea and explore the beauty. What would be Pakistan's traditional holiday that might compare to the Lunar New Year? Yeah, like that, we have the Eid festivals twice a year in which we also have three to four days of holiday. It is just like, uh, I, I must say, that the Lunar New Year where the People, Pakistani from all over the country and from abroad, they travel back to Pakistan and to their native places and meet their elders and friends and families. And they also wear the traditional dress like Hanbuk in Korea and they cook the traditional food. The kids are given money, which is called the Eidi, and they, they pray for their ancestors also. So it is very much similar to the Eid festival in, in, in Pakistan. Right. Can you um, explain to us a bit more about your specific role, though, at the embassy as military attaché? It sounds like uh, something rather different to being an ambassador or a diplomat in, in the usual sense of the word, like we were just hearing from the ambassador from Belarus. Exactly. Um, as I told you that I'm the first defense attaché here in the embassy of Pakistan. Uh, some of my specific roles are it is to represent my country's military authorities and liaise with the Korean military authorities advocate my country's military and security interest, act as a military and security advisor for my ambassador, promote my country's defense and armament uh, industries, and overall monitor the situation in the Korean Peninsula security situation in the region and report back to my country's concerned authorities. It hardly needs to be said, but the world is clearly a, a complex web of alliances and military relationships, which don't always neatly slot into place. We saw recently with South Korea's decision to expand its uh, Tonghe unit to uh, the Strait of Hormuz, for example. It really didn't want to upset Iran, uh, but uh, under US pressure as well, and, and try to reach some sort of compromise there. What, what's the relationship like between South Korea and Pakistan on that defence front? Yeah, there are a number of uh, defense exchanges uh, taking place. Uh, some of them is that we have uh, the student exchange program in which the armed forces officer of both countries, they participate in each other, the defense and security courses. We have the defense industrial cooperation, which includes the giant manufacturing ventures. And it also includes the procurement of weapons and equipment and ammunition, mostly from Korea. And we also participate in different exercises, seminars and exhibitions uh, taking place in each other countries. And there is also a senior uh, armed forces officer level uh, visits and interaction taking place between both countries. It's one of those areas where it's great to have exchange. You hope in a way that it's never really tested, but, but sends a good message of camaraderie and strong communication which is, again, founded on some of those similarities which we touched on. Let's go a little further. Uh, so both countries gained independence around the same time, 1945 in Korea's case, and uh, obviously there was a very tumultuous period after that, separation of the, of the nation. Pakistan, though, 
has the British colonial experience uh, behind it. And that was in 1947, achieving independence, one of 63 countries that then helped South Korea during the Korean War, very soon afterwards. It speaks volumes, really, that Pakistan was ready to do that straight away. True. Um, as you said, that there are 63 countries who assisted Republic of Korea with uh, financial and material uh, assistance. Out of those 63 countries, there were 39 countries who assisted with financial assistance and three only pledged for financial assistance. And the Pakistan, as, as you highlighted, being a very, very new country on the map of the world, assisted Republic of Korea with 378,000 US dollars and, and tons of wheat. And that was the third largest uh, financial assistance from all over the world. And this indicates that the Pakistan value the relation with the South Korea right from the start of its, its existence. And, and Pakistan also contributes the most to the humanity and the world peace. Expanding on this theme, when the current Pakistani ambassador to Korea, Rahim Hayat Qureshi, first took his post in 2017, President Moon Jae-in did comment on these similarities. And is it really important for us all to recognise that a bit further? There, there may be a tendency to have this um, very Western view here in Korea, even though we're situated in the East, of viewing predominantly Muslim countries with a level of suspicion or at least a kind of otherness that, that makes it feel harder to connect on a cultural level than, say, with Australia or Canada or, indeed, the likes of the United States and Britain. Yeah, you, you're right. But as you know, that all the Eastern countries have, have some kind of same traditions and cultures. We share many similarities, as we already discussed also. The both countries were under the foreign occupation before their independence. The both countries got independence around the same time frame. Both countries are facing the constant threat from our neighbors and our rivals since our inception. And both countries' societies are conservative societies in the areas of, you can, with reference to the family system, respect to the elders and the teachers. So these are some of the similarities between both countries. We also have this Buddhist connection, which is quite fascinating in its own way. Is that something that's cherished by both sides? Uh, yeah, since uh, I said that, you know, diplomatic relations were uh, established in, in 80s, but we have the people-to-people -people contact uh, has the history going back to about 1600 years back. Buddhism was brought to Korea uh, in the ancient uh, kingdom of Baikji by monk Marananta from Gandhara civilization in 384 AD. That is mentioned in the Korean historical uh, text like uh, Samguk Yusa and Samgul Sagi of 1281. And this monk Marananta basically hailed from the Chota Lahore Swabi, which is a small town in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa province of Pakistan. And he landed on the western port of, uh, which is called Bopsangpo, which is called Holy Land. And the Korean government constructed a Marananta temple in 2006. Having the birthplace of Monk Marananta in Pakistan and many other relics of Buddhism, the Buddhists from all over the world, they also visit Pakistan. Uh, in the same context, the Venerable Von Heng, uh, the head of the uh, Buddhism, of Korean Buddhism, along with the regional head of the Buddhism, and the training monks and the Vidya representatives, they visited Pakistan in November last year and they visited all the provinces, met with the prime minister and the president. And the purpose of this visit uh, is, was also to share the culture with each other, promote the religious tourism and, of course, promote the interfaith harmony between both religions. 
are there any particular stereotypes? We are just about out of time, but if we could finish with this, um, any particular stereotypes that you would like to challenge for us this morning? Yeah. Uh, being the defense attache, as I, as I said, that I mostly interact with the armed forces of uh, Republic of Korea and uh, the defense attaches of different countries. I have not come across uh, many stereotypes, but some of them which I have come over a period of time are that Pakistan do not offer much for tourism. The Pakistan is not a safe country due to the terrorism. Uh, and one more is that the Pakistani women don't have the requisite representation at national and international level as the women of Korean women or the women of modern world. So my answer to all of them was that Pakistan offers a lot for the tourism. It's, it's a country which is blessed with the matchless geography, as you know, um, ranging from the majestic snow-covered mountains to verdant plains and scorching uh, desert and uh, breathtaking coastlands and, of course, home of many religions like uh, Sikhism, Hinduism and Buddhism. So kind of in summary, a Korean tourist could go to Pakistan and find a country where those stereotypes would very quickly vanish. In fact, you could probably head to parts of Itaewon and get yeah, a taste that, of that. that's what I'm saying, that <laughs> probably these are the, some of the misperceptions right. also. Um, Itaewon in Seoul, by the way, if people aren't aware, is, is an area where there are significant areas of, of Pakistani presence, whether international uh, stores or restaurants and that sort of thing. And I'm sure you are very well acquainted with those. Colonel Navid Ahmad Abbasi, military attaché of the Embassy of Pakistan in Korea. We do have to leave it there. Thank you so much for being here. It's a player, player being here with you. Um, the show goes on, though. Coming up in the next hour for our Solal broadcast, we'll be taking a look at how other parts of the world, Hong Kong and Sydney, usually with large celebrations for the Lunar New Year, are being affected by other developments like anti-government protests and, of course, bushfires. We'll hear from members of a non-profit music group as well, based in Seoul, to hear about how they're spending the holiday as well as their activities as a choir, including fundraising efforts. All coming up after this short break.